You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. All right, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. It is an honor to have you on the show. We've uh, known each other a long time through this marketing world. Uh, why don't you talk about when we first met? What was the role that you were doing and, and where are you at now? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, thanks for having me on, Darian. And I, you need to send me one of those magazines. I've, I'm feeling like I need a little bit of bubble wrap to, to pop. That's yeah. uh, very cool. Um, so, yeah, we met, God, it was probably five years ago now um, at the Canadian Internet Marketing Conference uh, mm -hmm. in Squamish, B.C., and at that time, I was actually in a really different role than, than what I'm in now, but it, it kind of like helps to chart the course, I think, of, of where I've come from and, and, and where I am now. So um, then I was the uh, vice president of creative and strategy for a live event production company called Brand Live, uh, based here in Vancouver. And I had been at Brand Live then for probably three or four years at that time. I spent a grand total of five years at Brand Live uh, before I moved on to my current role at, at O2E Brands. Um, but I spent the better part of a probably a decade in the early part of my career working in live event production. Um, just because I loved bringing people together and I loved telling stories. And that's really where sort of Katie as a marketer started was not really traditional marketing. Uh, I mean, working in events for as long as I did, there was absolutely aspects of marketing that I would kind of bring to my role. And, and you know, we were always working with these incredible brands to bring these experiences to life. Um, but really my my love, my first love and, and still is to this day is this concept of how do we tell really great stories and how do we bring those stories to life and bring brands to life? Um, and I remember uh, at that conference where we first met, um, I talked a lot about this idea of uh, how we make people feel is how they remember us and it's something that I kind of live by to this day both as a as a marketer as as someone who's just interested in brands and interested in kind of people and how we interact with the brands in our world um, and there's this awesome Maya Angelou quote that that I love that I it's like my classic slide that I love to put up on screen when I'm giving a presentation is People may not remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Mm. And, and this kind of this mandate is is kind of what I what's always inspired me. Um, you know, both in my career, but also as I continue to work with with really incredible brands. That's amazing. So you've transitioned now to O2E, and those that don't know what O2E is, how would you describe the the family of companies that it represents? Yeah, so O2E Brands is a family of companies. Um, uh, we work primarily in the home services space. So um, the company most people know us for is our um, is our kind of big brother, uh, One Eight Hundred Got Junk, which was started back in nineteen eighty nine uh, here in wow. Vancouver by Brian Scudamore, who is still our CEO and and of course our founder. Um, and since then, we've added two more brands: uh, Wow One Day Painting, which, uh, as the name suggests, is a one day uh, house painting company. 
company. So we bring in a big crew and we're able to, you know, with really minimal disruption, paint your home in a single day. Uh, and then our newest brand, which is called Shack Shine, um, and it does, again, exactly what it says. We shine your shack. So uh, outdoor window washing, indoor window cleaning, uh, driveway pressure washing, back deck pressure washing, um, all of these kinds of things to make your home uh, really sparkly. Um, and as I say, that's our newest brand, but it's it's a really fun one and, and one that's growing really quickly. And you guys are franchise based. So you kind of are at the, for lack of a term, the mothership. And then there's people all across, I want to say North America, around the world that, that own these uh, franchises. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So the entire business is franchised. Um, and we have uh, about 150, 155 franchises and 1-800-GOT-JUNK across North America and Australia. So that is the one brand that is outside of North America. And then um, Wow One Day and Shack Shine are just North America based, but all in, in across the family, we have about 250 franchises. Wow. So in all my experiences, and I got to ask you this, I'm working with franchises, there is often, if not always, a tension between the marketing department and at the mothership and those that own a franchise. They're often either confused by what the mothership is doing or uh, don't agree or don't see it. And there always, there's always this tension. And so do you see that at where you are now? And if you don't, how have you fixed that? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, there's a there's a couple of different things um, that I can share there. The first one is we, uh, I think we're really lucky um, across our franchise system that we really believe in the kind of owner-operator model, which means all of our franchise partners are truly small business owners in and of themselves. They're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They want to kind of build their own founder story. They, they, they have that kind of heart of a founder. So they care so deeply about their business, which means sometimes they've got great ideas and they've got things that they want to pursue. Um, maybe some of them come from a marketing background. Um, so because of that, we have a really um, kind of transparent two-way dialogue with our franchise partners, um, which I think allows us to overcome some of those hurdles of you know, what are you, what are you doing at head office? And, you know, why can't I do this on my own? And you don't understand my market and, and those kinds of things. So um, we try and combat that or, or overcome that in a couple of different ways. We have things like fr franchise advisory councils where we interact um, with our franchise partners on a really regular basis. Um, we go out into the field and we get to know their markets and we understand what's happening for them. And then we even do things like we might run a regional campaign in a specific area that we don't run nationally um, because it it is really meaningful to that particular market. So um, yeah, communication and transparency really important, but then also like leaning into our franchise partners and understanding that they're incredibly brilliant business owners in and of themselves and kind of learning from their best practices is just as important. So that's you as the head office supporting the kind of business to consumer marketing. What's it like uh, marketing on the business to business side, finding these entrepreneurs and, and describe the DNA of someone because there's someone that doesn't want to start their own business from scratch, like creating it with their own name, like Sally's Junk Removal. They're, they're an entrepreneur that they don't want to be Sally's Junk Removal. They want to jump onto what you've got, but yet they still want to be their own boss. So uh, what, yeah. what do you, do you call them an entrepreneur? Is there a special name for these people that are like, I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't want to create from scratch? 
Yeah, so interestingly, this is a kind of new part of my role that I've taken on quite recently is um, working with our franchise development team and, and doing uh, leading the marketing around franchise development. So I've had quite a crash course in in, in what this looks like for our business. Um, and, and we talk about a couple of different things. The first one, the DNA of the, the kind of perfect O2E franchise partner, we call it the four H's, okay. happy, hungry, hands-on, and hardworking. And what that is for us is this combination of you've got to be happy, you've got to love what you do, yeah. um, you've got to be hardworking, you've got to be willing to kind of get in there at the ground level and, and do the work. Yeah. Hands-on really describes um, that we want owner-operators. We don't just want an investor or someone that's that's looking to sort of put their money somewhere. We really want somebody who's willing to be, um, you know, part of the business, Um day in and day out and then hungry you know yeah. that really is that entrepreneurial spirit that we want to see from people um so so those are the kind of qualities we look for that said there's no kind of ideal franchise partner we have franchise partners of all ages from all over the country um yeah. you know and and really the thing that they share is those four qualities um but as far as i think what what we can provide or or the kind of value that we try and share is this idea of smart risk so mm -hmm. there's always a risk to starting your own business yeah. whether you're you're doing it yourself and putting your own name against it or, or you're coming into a, a kind of larger franchise family but this idea of proven systems of 31 years in the business through 1-800-GOT-JUNK through 250 other franchise partners who have done this before you through you know a staff at our, our headquarters that we call the junction we love a good pun um, you know we have junctions in Toronto and Vancouver and, and support systems across the board you're, you're kind of buying a ready-made business in so many ways ways um, but there still is so much leeway for you to make your mark um, and so, so we talk about this idea of smart risk and and that's really attractive to people who say yeah. you know I've always thought about doing this but I have these fears you know and, and we can help them kind of overcome some of those fears it's almost like going to the store and if you're a baker and you can bake something from scratch but instead you're like hey I could go to the supermarket and get a pre-made muffin mix I can still put my own flavor on it I can put raisins in it I can add a little swirl on top if I want, but I've still baked a muffin. Yeah, and, and it's interesting you sort of have that cooking reference because we talk a lot about the recipe, right? Like yeah. we have perfected the recipe in many ways yeah. over the last 31 years, but at the same time, we get new chefs in the kitchen all the time who yeah. add their own flair and it's like, oh, that's that's even better, you know? And it all, it all boats rise when the, you know, when people give feedback. Yeah, one of the things that really inspires me, not just as a marketer, but just as, as kind of working in the business and, and seeing the kind of strategic growth of our business is that our franchise partners work really well together. So, you know, they're sharing their best practices. They're there for each other. They're really kind of building this sense of community amongst themselves so that when someone does kind of figure out a better way to do something, they share that knowledge, which is awesome. Wow. So outside of like the typical franchise conferences, where do these people come from? Or do they just kind of like come out of the woodwork and they contact you and they've heard about you maybe through Brian's book or kind of different ways? 
Yeah, so so we we do really a combination of things. Um, you know, there's there's places like franchise brokers and and you know places where where people go if they're looking to buy a franchise. Yeah. But we've you know in in kind of true one eight hundred got junk fashion and and you know Brian would tell you this too that PR was such an important part of the growth of our business in the early days, um, and we still see the value in that. Um, you know, as you say, you reference Brian's book. Um, our CEO wrote a book two years ago called WTF willing to fail um and uh i think he's you've even had him on yeah. here right uh, yeah yeah previous if, yeah. if you're interested you can listen to the previous episode brian scudamore yeah. yeah um so uh you know we we still see so much yeah. value and potential and just that that kind of flywheel effect of okay if we're in the market and we're talking and we're adding value and and we're you know finding opportunities for people to learn about us yeah. um, you know we see uh, lots of people coming to our website and just wanting to learn more you know we create a lot of content for them to be able to understand what the opportunity looks like um, and then we start a process where we say are you the right fit you know it's it's equal it's equal equal um, opportunity on both sides yeah. for us to kind of interview each other and say, are you the right fit for the business? Yeah. Um, and so, so there's lots of different ways that we kind of go out there into the world and, and try and, and find these people. But mm -hmm. it's once we have that pool of potential candidates that kind of the real work, but the real fun begins to say, are you the right person to join O2E Brands and are we the right fit for you? Wow. And it's kind of like a, a, a dating relationship. You, you begin to filter each other through your special filters and interview mechanisms yeah. and yeah. You talk about it like a marriage, right? Like yeah. it is for a lot of people, it's probably the first or the second most important relationship they're they're going to have. You know, um, we're asking people to invest a lot of money, a lot of time, um, and to come along on on quite an adventure with us. So, um, yeah, we 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 want to spend the time to get it right. Awesome. Now, Katie, to jump to the back to the consumer side, I needed some junk removed from my house. And so I, of course, went to my trusty mobile device and I Google searched junk removal. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK was right near the top, you know, SEO, great ranking. You guys have some great SEO. So, awesome. so I phoned, but I was like, oh, I should phone a few kind of, I, I didn't know how much someone charges to remove stuff. And the thing that I noticed was that you had this like call center, the person was really, really friendly and they could get someone there like immediately. And they kind of just had these stock set prices. And everywhere else I called, it was like I either got voicemail or I got someone who was like working there and couldn't be there for a few days or and, and you know, or it was like uh, no voicemail and just kind of just kept ringing. So I just just from a consumer perspective, it was like you were the most professional, easy to deal with. You guys came immediately. In the end, your the price was a little bit more, but I felt like the reliability, everyone who came was super like organized and clean and all wore matching shirts and had this nice truck and then they were planning to recycle a bunch of the stuff that I was getting rid of and they're like oh yeah that'll go to this recycling that goes and he was explaining it all to me which I was really amazed by cool yeah you know it's it's so cool to hear you say that first of all like the system works <laughs> um, but also you know just to think about the kind of core value propositions of our brand we don't you know obviously there's lots of competition out there um, yeah particularly in the home services space yeah. there's lots of kind of you know guy in a truck that can yeah. 
can, that's what I was going to say, the guy with the truck. Yeah. yeah, I can kind of do what we do in some ways, you know, if you just look at the service. But really, we look at our kind of competition or, or the space we want to play in is other brands that promise convenience. So yeah. your DoorDashes, your Ubers, yeah. your Netflixes, your yeah. Spotify's, these kinds of on-demand services where you say, it's so easy. All I have to do is kind of type in a few things or there's someone on the other end of the phone yeah. who can deliver this to me when I want it or yeah. when it's convenient for me. Um, and so that's really the shift that we have made in our business um, as we've continued to grow is to say not just how do we do great junk removal or great house painting or great window washing, but how do we deliver a convenient service and play yeah. in that space that it's just consumer expectations have changed. Like that's just where you have to be. Yeah. Um, and so, so for us, it's, it's always been about customer experience. You know, Brian, Brian built a customer experience business that does junk removal, not just a junk removal company. Yeah. And I don't know if it's right like this across North America and Australia, but like you now are open till midnight, you do junk mm -hmm. removal. So if you can't do it during the day. Hey, you come home from work, you forgot, you should get rid of that thing. You got till midnight to get it done. Well, like how many times have you thought to yourself, um, I work all day and yeah. my dry cleaner is only open during the times right? when I'm at work. Like when do I do my dry cleaning? So we just flipped the script and said, okay, yeah. we know we know our customer so intimately now. We have done such a deep dive on all of our customer data. We understand our customer so well now. We know that our customer is a working professional, not home during the day, doesn't have a lot of time, yeah. values their time over anything else. So it's like, why would we not just be open when they're available? Yeah. Like, simple. Brilliant. It was a great move. And honestly, that is now stuck in my head more than anything else you've ever done marketing-wise. Mm. Like, the fact that you're, like, because now that's in the back of my head and I've kind of, like, I've kind of logged it in my brain thinking, oh, they're open till midnight, so if I ever need you, it's almost like you're available for me. It's almost like the whole thing of like the psychologicalness of like 1-800-GOT-JUNK is there for me. Mm. And that what's so cool about that, I think, is, is, you know, I don't need to explain to you necessarily how junk removal works. Like, I don't <laughs> tell you the features and benefits of a truck is going to show up and we're going to carry it like this. And like, yeah. you don't need to know, you can figure that out. Yeah. But the fact that you understand or that you've, you've, we've created that little mental reminder for you that it's convenient. It's yeah. super easy. You know, one of our, our kind of main uh, brand language yeah. uh, things is, is all you have to do is point. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's really, it's that easy. Like the guy show up at your house, you yeah. point at what you want gone and it leaves. Yeah. You know, so so it's those it's those simple, you know, again, kind of going back to that idea of branding and storytelling, like that's the story that I want to tell as a marketer. It's not, you know, here's how you, you know, do here's how you can do the junk removal yourself. It's yeah. we this is how easy it can be. And like, look at the space that you're going to have left after we're gone. Right. That's yeah. the that's the feeling you want to have afterwards. And the other part of me that I think you guys have done well, which I, I think is kind of like more, it's like almost 10 or 5% of your marketing. And I'd love to hear you speak to this is like the part of me that like, and I'm not specifically that I, I buy clothes, just um, maybe I should be more conscious of the clothes I buy, but those that buy like your Tom's shoes, your Tentry clothing, those mm -hmm. that actually care what happens with the clothes they buy and the effect it has. Like you had a campaign going for a while that promoted the fact that you recycle mm -hmm. majority, everything that can be recycled, you recycle. 
And you even ran a campaign for a while. And I'm kind of, I told Brian this, I'm kind of sad that it stopped. There was one guy in Vancouver who used to post photos of random junk that he took. And you could um, tag or you know, make a comment and win that item. But then it got weird because it was people's private items. And then I realized it was a bit, you know, it was about out of school to run a contest like that with people's ex-junk. But you guys have done a great job communicating that you recycle. And I thought that was so rad because most other junk places don't do that. Like they take it to the dump, dump it where you guys actually spend the extra time, money and energy to take it to the right places. Yeah, you know, we feel like there's a responsibility, particularly as a junk removal company that. And, and if you if you ask Brian this question, he would say, you know, I'm a minimalist. Like, I don't want a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But I run a company who gets rid of stuff. Yeah. Um, but but there's this responsibility now. Again, it's about consumer expectations. Yeah. We find that not so much, you know, it's not it's not necessarily the thing that makes people call us. No. You know, we're not the greenest junk removal company. We're the world's largest junk removal company. Yeah. So it's not something we necessarily kind of actively promote, but it is something that we find kind of when we're in front of customers, it's a question that they ask. They say, hey, what are you going to do with this stuff? Does it go to the landfill? Yeah. Or are you going to recycle yeah. it? And so, again, because we're a franchise system, each region yeah. is, you know, subject to things like municipal rules yeah. and, and those oh, kinds totally. of things. Yeah. Um, but we do everything from donation to places like Habitat for Humanity. Um, you know, we do a ton of recycling and diversion. Um, we do things like, um, you know, supporting other local charities and that kind of thing. So each each franchise is a little bit different. But again, it's just like do the thing that your customers want you to do is awesome. is really where that comes from. Now, Katie, what are you seeing coming down the pipe? Like as you kind of look into your, your crystal ball, having been in marketing for so long, what are some kind of trends or marketing techniques that people should be aware of or should be kind of putting in their toolbox? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to the customer. You've heard me talk about the customer a couple of times already. Yeah. I think so much of it comes down to that. Um, if you are running your business based on what you think and not what your customer thinks, I think you're you're headed in the wrong direction probably. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting to know your customer and really using data to support that. Not just here's what I think my customer, who my customer is or what they want, but these are like truly the demographics of who is buying our product or our service. Mm -hmm. Really kind of mapping out that customer journey from beginning to end. It's not just about the purchase. It's about how did they find out about you? What kind of interaction did they mm -hmm. have after they make a purchase? What kind of loyalty programs do you have? How are you keeping them as part of your kind of customer database? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a that's a big one. It's certainly something I I believe so strongly in, and it, it comes from my days in events where, it that's all that's all events are are just yeah. people. You know, it's how do we create an experience for somebody that is seamless from end to end. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say you're not going to have unhappy customers sometimes or challenges, but understanding where friction occurs for your customer means that you can pivot and you can design solutions for that friction. Um, so I think that's that's a big one. That said, the caveat that I would always give, and and I know I shared with you what I said was my favorite quote, but I have yeah. another one, um, which is a quote from Henry Ford, and it's I literally like have it up on Post-it notes, like <laughs> at my desk. And this quote is: If I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Ah. And and so yes, listen to your customer, do surveys, understand the data, but sometimes 
if you only ever listen to customers, they sometimes only know what they know. Mm -hmm. And you see something different. If you're Henry Ford and you say, there's a different way that people can get around that does not include horses, um, take that risk. Yeah. And, and, and then build as you go, prototype, then involve your customer, get feedback. You know, don't feel like you have, some, have to have something perfectly baked before you ship it out into the world. This idea of kind of design thinking and prototyping is something that we're bringing into our business every day now. It's like, uh-huh. let's build something small, test it, pilot it with a few customers, see how it works in the real world. Um, so, so it's that combination of the two. Listen to your customers, absolutely, but like listen to your instincts because your instincts are, are probably well honed over many years. Yeah, I, someone described it, and I, I wish I knew someone talked about um, like kind of innovation isn't about like, you know, or perfection isn't about just being able to hit the dartboard right in the middle every time. Sometimes it looks like hitting a dartboard that no one else even sees. Yeah, or and, maybe, and maybe you don't even see, right? Like you're yeah. like, hey, I think there's something here. Let me throw um, a dart over there and see what happens. Let's test it, right? The, you know, we always say don't let perfection be the enemy of good, right? Like good is good is good to get started with. Yeah. Um, and you don't you don't make something better without trying it and testing it and showing it to people and getting feedback. And O2E, do you feel like that there's a culture and environment that allows for rooms for to get messy, make mistakes, and have fun? Yeah, I mean, all you have to look at is is Brian's book title, right? Willing to <laughs> fail. It's it's such a um, it's such a guiding principle for us that um, you know we again being in the business for for thirty plus years and 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 not like having a service that that looks on its uh, kind of on the face it doesn't look like it requires a ton of innovation but this idea of of kind of using convenience and and innovation for the customer as our driving principle means we're always looking for even if it means how do we just make our booking interface a little bit easier for customers maybe we're not revolutionizing how we deliver the service but we're we're making it sort of a one touch payment or a you know something like that that allows us to just make it a little bit easier for the customer those that's that's what motivates us and how quickly did someone pick up the phone when I called? Like I was, like I've I've not forgotten that, and how friendly they were, and yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. I think that's the other thing people forget nowadays, or 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 sometimes gets hidden uh, under technology, is that people are still so critical for your business. Yeah. And you know, when I think about culture and and what's so important in the way a brand presents themselves is also how what happens inside the business. Yeah. And so, you know, we always say that our people are our greatest asset, not just the people who are picking up the phone at the sales center, but, you know, the truck team that's showing up at your house, as you say, they're in, you know, they're great uniforms and they are happy and smiling and yeah. greeting you with a handshake and, that is our differentiator, you yeah. know, when, when you could have, you know, guy with a truck yeah. versus our, you know, really professional team showing up, that is a differentiator. And so having great people and treating them right is, is just as important for me as a marketer. Like that's what I'm selling in so yeah. many ways. Cool. Now, Katie, I have to do a little PSA. Um, so you and I both, I don't know if you know this, but my background before Jelly has always been events and, and I was an event marketer. I loved everything about it, and I feel like, and I'm gonna, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like when you are an event marketer, you have this intense, very measurable goal to achieve by getting attendees at an event, and then it's every touch point along it, and then you have to try to make sure that they come back to the event again the next year, right? And so it's like, 
it, it's like you're forged in the fire in marketing because you either, if you're not doing a good job, you know, because people aren't showing up or aren't registering for that event. Yeah. And so I just want to do a little PSA, um, public service announcement for anyone that um, gets um, job inquiries right now from people that came from the event space and did marketing in the event space. I just want to say on behalf of Katie and I, and they're amazing people to hire because they have yeah. they've been through the fire. They can handle stressful situations. They know what it means to get measurable goals because their whole life was measured on how many tickets were sold and how many people showed up to an event. So if you see a resume and they've got event marketing in their background, make sure you interview them, take them seriously because they, um, they're a force to be reckoned with, I'd say. I would agree. Honestly, when I, I think about the people I've worked with along the way and, um, you know, just even thinking about some of my mentors and the people who I learned from, you know, in those 10 years working in live events. And um, I always remember one of my, I think, my first boss even, um, Martin Van Keeken from MVKA, uh, MVKA Productions. And I, I worked with him through the Olympics in Vancouver. And he always said, there's no take two. And no. that's the thing about events, I think, that yeah. is so, um, makes you learn so yeah. fast is oh. you're constantly testing and learning yeah. because you have no other option. You yeah. don't get to do it again. <laughs> like, the Olympics are happening one time, you know, a music festival is happening one time until you get to yeah. do it again the next year. So yeah. if you're not kind of staying um, present with your audience yeah. during those times and quickly pivoting and saying even something as simple as like hey this lineup is getting really crowded what if we moved it like these are the kinds of things that an event person is looking at um so that that philosophy has has stayed with me like I look at problems and I go oh no no no, we can solve that like let's just move that over here like it's not nothing is insurmountable after you've been in an events role for any number of years yeah so you've heard it from Katie um look for those people they're amazing amazing people to hire uh and uh we can't guarantee it but we think they're going to be awesome so (laughs) (laughs) and just come ask us if you need a recommendation we've got lots of people in our in our circle perfect yeah exactly exactly perfect katie thank you so much for being on the show you've had so much to share this has been incredible i've learned a lot from this um thank you for giving of your time and thank you for um I think just sharing of yourself and welcome us into kind of a bit of your journey and, and where you're seeing the, the future of marketing headed. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Awesome. Thanks everyone for joining us on Marketing Jam and we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.